0: Welcome inside the bubble. Mike and Micah with you here to wrap up the weekend of bubble basketball. It was another eventful weekend. This weekend, it wasn't really about what happened on the court, but what happened off the court. We had a bunch of beefs that we'll get into and discuss all the possibilities as we go forward in the last week of uh, the seeding matchups as, as we start ramping up to get ready for the playoffs. Micah, you know where I'm starting with this. <laughs> the number one seed In the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers. I think we've done what four podcasts now. This is maybe our our fifth one. It feels like each and every podcast that we've done, we've like inched closer and closer to saying like, yeah, the Lakers are good, but are they championship good? And we're like, yeah, they'll figure it out. Like, give them two games, give them three games, give them four games, give them five games, and we're sending it to a whole week and a
1: half, bro.
0: We're getting to a point where it's like, are. The, are these performances like not the exception anymore but the rule is this how the lakers are going to be playing in the playoffs like obviously lebron turns up in the playoffs we don't really know much for ad we saw him in the one um we, i think he made he's made two playoffs where he got bounced by the uh, warriors uh and then he swept the blazers so we've seen ad a couple of times but losing we said this week was super important you lose to you beat the jazz and he loses the Thunder, and then LeBron doesn't play against the Rockets, and then the game that's supposed to be like, yeah, our get-right game, you lose to the Pacers. And then it's like, okay, what exactly is going on? You can't hit the three. And that's just been consistently in the bubble at this point.
1: It's Mm -hmm. been game
0: after game. It's not a bad shooting night. You just can't hit threes. Defense has been pretty good, but the defense is kind of falling off from where it was was at the beginning. The Clippers, 103-101. And besides, like, that Thunder game uh, where they lost it, but they got blown out, they're getting up to the 116-113. Like, the Pacers without Victor Oladipo at 100%, DeMonte Sabonis is injured, and TJ Warren, obviously, Bubble Warren Warren is amazing, but that shouldn't be beating LeBron and AD. So I think I'm officially, I said it last, I'll I'll give him this week, I'm officially at the point where I'm worried about the Lakers making the NBA championship and winning the NBA championship. What about you?
1: Yo, honestly, I don't even blame you because I mean, we talked about it really starting last week after that win. After they split those two games, um, you know, they had that impressive Clippers win and then really since then, I mean, this team has just been like, okay, I mean, they jumped out to a 2-1 a um, I guess you would call it a lead in three games in the seeding games, and then from there it's just been loss, loss, loss. And I feel like the worst of them coming when they were supposed to retool and, you know, get back on track. Which is what we expected of them, but I mean as great as TJ Warren has been playing, that's not an excuse to lose to the Pacers. Um, yes, and the play, you know, the Pacers did have um you know, three scores over uh twenty points. Warren almost put up a 40 piece. Um Victor Oladipo and Brockman a dead thing, but at the end of the day, this is more so of a Lakers issue than anybody else they're playing. This is internal. This is not simply that they're getting beat by, you know, uh, you know, playing a great game and they're just losing these close games. They're losing games because, I mean, they're just not playing efficient, good basketball. Um, And it's a little bit, this is not the norm for them that we saw in the regular season, but, and I don't want to like, I don't want to put it on them like, the, you know, this label because the playoffs haven't started yet, but I feel like the stakes are a lot different than it would be in the regular season when you're resting your guys after you secured the one seat. This is the bubble, like there's no home court advantage. There's, there's no other factors besides getting up and playing. So why, you know, what's the rest for? Why why are we taking, you know, the foot off the gas right now? Like, what's the point? Um, Anthony Davis looked absolutely horrendous in this Pacers loss. And I'm starting to wonder, uh, you know, where's his head at? Like, I mean, I, I understand the fact that AD is a, a great player from beyond just inside the paint. And he does have the range to to be a true stretch four and, and a five, really. He he can do anything on the court, but when you go open from 4 from 3 and then you go 3 or 14 from the field, like, what are you doing? And it wasn't even one of those games where he got to the line a lot. He only shot two free throws and he made them both, but getting eight points and you're, you know, after LeBron putting up 30, your next best scorer being Quinn Cook, that's going to – you might lose to the Pacers doing that. It's one of those things where, like, this team, I mean, I hope they pull it together because I feel like the Lakers – And LeBron James, you know, and AD, they have the potential to go far. But I don't know if the way they're playing right now is great. Um, I'm still waiting on guys like Kyle Kuzma. I mean, he's had his 20-point game here and there. But, bro, where is the consistency? Where are these guys supposed to step up? I mean, maybe outside of LeBron and at times AD, their most consistent person might be Dwight Howard so far. As far as just you know he's going to give you some rebounds and you know he's going to play hard. He did what, ten and twelve the other night. Like I mean, at this point, he might need more minutes because (laughs) somebody's got to play harder. Yep. Um, it's just one of those things that we gave him the benefit of the doubt, but now I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like they have to put something together going forward, or it's going to be a really ugly series going into the next couple weeks, especially against this Blazers team who just does not letting the foot off the gas right now. And that's that's where
0: I'm at. It's it's still I still believe the Lakers will get to the finals and. Uh, Lakers will probably win the NBA Finals. The biggest issue for me at this point is, yeah, this is a one-game sample size. But if teams are able to zero in and focus on and cut off Anthony Davis's ability to um, to dominate, like right. if they're really able to key in and focus in on him, what is, what do the Lakers turn into? Do they become a, Cav- a similar to a Cavs team where uh, LeBron is the only guy that's going crazy and he just has a bunch of guys around him? You need AD to be able to give you 20 points at a minimum. He should be getting 25 to 28. But at a minimum, 20 points each of these seven-game series. I think LeBron, because of his experience and how well he knows his body and how how great of a player he is, he's still going to be able to find a way to win these seven-game series. And I'll still go ahead and pick them in each series. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I'm going to pick them in the way where I was like, okay, first round, I mean, we obviously thought it was going to be the Grizzlies. Uh, injuries and stuff. I had them sweeping the Grizzlies. You go against the Blazers, this may be a six or seven game first round.
1: Which is ugly for a veteran team. Seven games in the first round, that's, that's not a recipe for success.
0: And then you look at it and then you're like, oh, okay. So you get past uh, the Blazers, you have either OKC or the Rockets. Mm-hmm. That's both of those teams, that's a, that's a minimum of six games for me, the way they look right now. And then after that, you go ahead and you're either facing the Clippers or the Nuggets. The Nuggets right now, I think, with Jamal Murray coming back and that, that uh, two-overtime victory against the Jazz, we'll get to it, they're looking like the best team in the West. Mm. Michael Porter Jr., we, we've been singing his praises for the past couple of podcasts, had it's a real. Bad, bad shooting night and sco- still scored 23. And Jokic is like, oh, okay, you're not going to be as amazing as you've been? I'll take over. I'll score the 30 points. And then Jamal Murray is like, oh, yeah, I'm coming back from my hammy injury, and I'll drop another 20 uh, on top of that, too. So – they're looking like a very young spry team that's ready to take it immediately. This Lakers-Nuggets game tomorrow, I don't like to put a lot of emphasis, especially on the bubble games, just because I think it's it's just to get your body back in shape. But mm-hmm. if the Nuggets go ahead and dominate and impose their will on the Lakers, that edge that, oh, it's LeBron and AD, it's gone. They're, they're not going to be scared. It's not going to be a team that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're not really – we're not scared of you. I, I, I I'll compare it similar to the Rockets-Warriors uh, uh, back in the – well, not back in the day, but when it was uh, Harden, Steph, and all the yeah, 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 The Rockets were not scared of the Warriors. They they weren't. When it was CP3 and Harden, they were like, yeah, we can beat this team. And they were up. They they had an opportunity to beat the Warriors. Obviously, we remember Game 7, they couldn't make any threes. But because they weren't scared of them, you, you could tell they just played different than other teams played against the Warriors. If the Nuggets go ahead and beat the Lakers, they're not they're not scared of the Lakers. They're not. They're, and once you get to the point where you don't have that thing on your shoulder anymore, teams just go to start bullying you and you fall into a situation where you're like, damn. Well, we used to have the intimidation factor. We don't have that. We're not hitting the three ball, So what do we have to do? Give it to Bron. And yeah, Bron is getting up there in age. I don't know how many more years he has it in him where he's carrying a team across the finish line. So mm-hmm. AD, this is just his wake-up call. He needs to be able to step up.
1: I mean, I at least want to see him in the paint more. I, like I said, I get his skill set is wide-ranging. But, I mean, dude, once, you, once you're once you not Dominate. hitting the three. Yeah, once you're not hitting the three over three consistent games and they've all been losses. Well, two because, you know, the ones he's actually played. It's time to, like, it's time to get into the paint and be the guy you've been. We saw it with the Pelicans. I don't understand what's limiting him. I don't know if he's secretly hurt or he's just trying new things before the playoffs with dog. <laughs> this game, like tomorrow, is going to be – this is like a playoff preview. It's time, bro. You're on TNT. You got the prime time slot at 9 o'clock. It's time to go. It's time to dominate Jokic. If that – you know, if, you, if you're going to do that, it's time to get a statement win because it's just – you can't keep this momentum. You can't keep losing and losing and losing because you're going to forget how to win, even with Bron. It's one of those things where you just need the repetitions.
0: Yeah, and, and as much as I want usually want to bash Bayless, I think he's kind of right when he's talked about the Lakers here where it's like, yeah, they're a good team, but do they have enough of the pieces? Is Avery Bradley just going to be too much of a loss? And it almost feels like they're missing mm-hmm. a Rondo type who's just a calming force in the second fac- uh, second team. Like, I love QC, but QC's a heat check guy. He's a guy that if he's hot, he's hot. We saw it in the last game. But if he's not, you're not, you're not getting much from him. And you don't have that floor general that can – Dish it off to Kuzma and uh, find Alex Caruso. Like, Caruso shouldn't be leading the second team. Or, like, he's a point guard, but he's not a point guard. He's
1: like a slashing point
0: guard. Exactly. So, I think missing Rondo and not having Avery, it's going to take some time to get used to. Hopefully, um, the Lakers are able to bounce back and um, get it going. But right now, I I wouldn't be completely worried and say, like, they wouldn't make the championship. Mm -hmm. But I think the road is going to be a lot tougher than... We initially expected. But moving on from the Lakers, let's go to the Clippers. Clippers, as we're recording, are currently losing by uh, 20 to the Nets with Kawhi playing. (laughs) That's another team that's uh, all over the place. But after a tough week last week, we saw the uh, difference between the Lakers and the Clippers this week. The Clippers won. They beat the Mavericks, um, where Kawhi and PG were playing. That was a game they obviously wanted because. They needed to lock up that number two seed, even though it doesn't really matter at this point. Mm-hmm. But they still wanted to lock up that two seed. And then the Trailblazers—they were able to beat them. Kawhi didn't play, and PG didn't play in the fourth quarter. That was more on Dame not being able to close out versus the Clippers. But a win is a win, and it always helps moral. Uh, always helps morally with those bench players that look. I can go in, and we can beat a potential playoff team. And then obviously they're losing by twenty to the Nets. After this week, are you more? Are you more like okay? What we saw from that Suns game, they were just kind of off, and the Clippers are now the favorites to come out of the Western Conference because I've seen a lot of those takes on Twitter right now uh, this weekend. It's like, well, before the season started, we were like, yeah, it's Clippers, Lakers, and probably give the edge to the Clippers because of how deep they are of a team and how many like potential just game changers that they have. Mm-hmm. Are the Clippers now the favorite again to come out of the West?
1: <clears throat> you know, I still don't think they're the favorite, and – they might be I mean, right now they technically look better than the Lakers. But you put them in a seven game series and I would still probably take the Lakers. And then, you know, just adding on to that. If you put the Clippers against the Nuggets, you know, somehow, some way that happens. <laughs> I I would <laughs> probably take the Nuggets. Like I don't I don't necessarily that's the
0: second, that's the second round matchup. Exactly. I yep. and
1: I, I don't really you know, I don't really see the Clippers getting over the Nuggets. It's not even really a um Well, it's not a Kawhi thing. It's kind of sort of a PG thing. Um, He's one of my empty stats guys. I love PG's game, but him being great statistically doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. Um, You know, these games kind of with the Clippers, they've been um, a little too close for comfort. And I don't know, this loss tonight is not necessarily alarming, but they are losing to the Nets without their two All-NBA players. Um, Yes, I mean, Joe Harris does have like 23 at the half, which, you know, I guess that happens sometimes. But the Clippers, once again, they're one of these teams like, okay, they look good one night, then they look terrible, then they look okay, then they look good again. And it's kind of just, you know, they're seesawing back and forward. Um, If they do lose tonight, they'll be a perfect 3-3 three and three in the bubble. Um, With two games left, uh, it's not a terrible situation. But once again, I want to see a team that's going to, you know, dominate going forward. I want to see a team that's looking really, really good in the bubble. And they just haven't stood out yet. Um, You know, once again, it's one of those teams that, they might get it together going forward. But I never really saw them as a a true finals team either. You know, when the regular season was going on, I thought the Lakers would be able to edge them out because, of the, um, you know, this is the run the Lakers are going on while, you know, pre-COVID and things like that. And now, I mean, shoot it. If they drop down to the third seed and keep playing, which, I mean, it's a game and a half. I don't know. If they lose the next three games, it's probably the only possible way. That, uh,
0: yeah, lose yeah, lose the next three and Nuggets have to win.
1: Exactly. Which, I mean – it might be possible depending on how the Lakers play tomorrow. So, you know, the Clippers better hope the Lakers handle that business because, I mean, if the Clippers end up facing – man. It, if the Clippers end up facing a team like the Jazz, they might beat them. I don't think it'll necessarily be close. Uh, I mean, not excuse me, it might beat them. It will be close. I didn't mean to say necessarily. It probably will be close. And I just don't think, unless they take in that two-seed, I don't see them, you know, an easy path for them – to get you know to the Eastern uh, to the Western Conference Finals, um, I think if they play um the Mavs, they'll probably have the best chance They kind of just you know it won't be easy because Luka is an animal, but yeah. It, but
0: the thing is, they have so much more experience. Exactly, the Mavs that it, it's one of those series that end exactly up being... it's one of those series
1: that like regardless of how talented Luka is and how well um, Porzingis can play, they're probably just going to overmatch them. But if they keep losing these games, and let's say they ended up in that third seed, and the Jazz come in. Then you're looking at one of those series that like they may win, but it might be seven. And it's kind of the same thing I said with the Lakers. You don't want your first round to go to seven. You never want your first round to go to seven. Well, one, it just fatigues you. And two, like teams are just getting more reps just to look at you and look how you're playing and look how to beat you. And this is not really a good look. So um, I wouldn't consider them really the favorites right now either.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't consider the Clippers the favorites. Honestly, as you were talking I was in my head. I was like, do I really go go on the record with this take right now? And I think I'm going to have to. I think right now and I know they haven't won every game in the bubble, but I just love the way the Nuggets are playing. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I I don't know. They they may be my favorite. Um I just have to I, see, I have to see them against the Lakers and obviously end off uh their end off their like regular season before getting into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think with the 3-6 matchup, we saw how good that Denver Utah uh series was. I think it, it'll be a 6-7 type of game series, and it'll be back and forth. But the Nuggets just have a lot of firepower. And they're without still uh, Gary Harris. And they uh, just got Jamal Murray back. And MPJ is starting to get into the rotation. So maybe not this year just because it's still a relatively young team. But if they do get it all connected within the next week or so, I may have the Nuggets as my favorite. Right now, if, you, if you're, if you uh, say, choose who you're picking it's the Lakers but as we keep getting closer like I said Micah the Nuggets just keep they just keep leveling up for me and I I I think that by time we get to that time where it's Clippers Clippers Nuggets I'm choosing the Nuggets and then it'll be a toss-up for uh Lakers Lakers Nuggets but Clippers on the other hand I just think they're I think they're just a regular team I mean not like a regular team but like Mm -hmm. they're not I know what you're saying there's nothing about them that's so special that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, Kawhi is, like, such a great player. But is he going to be able to do it? We saw him do it with the Raptors, but I think the Raptors had a better surrounding cast. Way uh, better coach, the, too, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah, better coach, too. Like, yeah, Paul George is really good, but the way Siakam was able to compliment Kawhi, they haven't really played much um, in the shortened season and then getting back in the bubble. And then they haven't even played every game together in the bubble, which is <laughs> which is insane. Like, they're all setting games that they play. So, are they cohesive enough to win? I don't know. Clippers, they're not the favorite for me. Um, they're still missing tries, in my opinion. Uh, not having that true big man, the sixth man of the year, in my opinion, coming off the bench for you, it's going to be a big blow. And Luwo needs to get back in uh, the groove of things. But for you, Pat Bev, just stop talking. Like, please please. You see, you see what he did. You, you're waking going to be name bro. Yeah. <laughs> He, he he woke up dead, and maybe that was his plan. Blazers get that eight seed, and they give the Lakers a fit. Maybe it was all part of their uh, master plan. Uh, moving off from Clippers and uh, Nuggets, let's go to the Rockets. Rockets had a pretty – actually, we can do Rockets and OKC together. Mm-hmm. Rockets had a pretty um, boring week um, after such an am- winning their first three games, lost to the Blazers, uh, then beat the Lakers, but Lakers without LeBron. Uh, currently beating the Kings right now. So not much of a challenge this week. Rockets are in the same uh, space, in my opinion. They're a team that if they get hot, who knows where they can go. But I still don't think they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Has anything changed over the last week on your opinion of the Rockets?
1: No, um, and mostly what I'm looking for the Rockets is just for them to play spoiler in the playoffs. um, When we last talked about them, I I believe they were either in – they might have been like the fifth seed, I believe, either the fifth or – they might have actually been in the fourth. Well, either way, they're in that that four to six kind of range. That I always consider teams that not necessarily uh, finals teams or even Eastern uh, Western Conference finals teams, but they could definitely play spoiler. You know, given you know how the uh, the bracket and stuff is going to go, and I definitely think I would still hold them to that. Um, if they did draw, if they did stay in that uh, six spot, or somehow they, they kind of lost out and something like that, and they end up at the six spot, I can see them paying. Uh, you know, they could play spoiler to a team like the um really like the Nuggets, which, I mean, yes, they've been playing great, but I don't, you know, kind of that, kind of just like the veteran kind of thing. I could see them possibly playing, a, you know, spoiler to a team like that. And then if they see a team like the Clippers in the second round, they could possibly play spoiler to a team like them. Um, As far as them being, like, any exceptionally better than what they've been, no, it's still the Rockets. It's still a hardened rust kind of thing. They still need a big man. PJ Tucker is not going to get it done at the five. Neither is Uncle Jeff Green. You're going to get what you want to get for them. I feel like this has probably been the most con- – I wouldn't say consistent, but maybe more so you're always going to know what you're going to get for the Rockets as long as they keep it in the same lineup out there, you know, the same starting lineup. So, yep. yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, they're just going to be stagnant. I mean, it's going to be entertaining. They're always going to be entertaining, but they're not going to win going forward. Yeah,
0: so I want to move on now to OKC and Utah, where, who I think – are not in the same tier as the Clippers, Lakers, or Nuggets to me. And I think the Rockets are just a step below. And they are a step below that. With OKC and Utah, um, 4-5 for uh, OKC, they'll they'll be facing the Rockets, and then 3-6 for Utah. What exactly do you think they get out of the rest of these games in the bubble and then going into the playoffs? What do you think their goals are individually? Because they're teams that are in two kind of different spots. Where OKC is a team that's very young, led by Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's not going to be there forever. So Shay's, uh, Shai's going to be that guy for you eventually. Like, who's going to be on the teams from years mm-hmm. to come? And then the Jazz, on the other hand, is it is this a team that we want to continue building with? Is this a team that we can jump from that six to get up to a two or one in the Western Conference, or is Donovan Mitchell is our ceiling in this new Western Conference? the five seed or the four seed if, if we get really lucky. So what do you think each team is looking for and evaluating in the last couple of games and then going into the playoffs um, to end? Uh, to end their so, season? yeah, you actually
1: brought up a, a very great point about how these teams are really just at different points, you know, not just necessarily in the bubble, but just in their, their standpoint going forward. Um, the Thunder, and I'll start with the Thunder. The Thunder are really just like, they've gotten to this point. And I didn't even think they believed they would get there, but shout out to CP3 for just, really just, like, putting his stamp on that team. Like, they're, they're very, like, if the CP3 ever led a team, like, this is them. They remind me kind of of those Hornets teams where it's just like, he, you know, his imprint is all over that thing. Um, I really think the Thunder going into this, I don't even think they expect to get out of the first round, but I don't really think for them that's an issue. Um, This is, without a doubt, some of the best reps they're ever going to get. Um, You know, CP3 is not going to be there for the long haul, but, you know, playing the Rockets first round, if that, you know, is going to be the 4-5 matchup, what you're getting is, is you getting a perfect look at one thing. You might get a perfect look at, at what small ball might end up being, you know. You might get that that kind of like the the extreme of what could happen. And then for them, you know, guys like Shy being your leader going forward, that's perfect for him because he knows how to deal with a team like the Rockets going forward. So, you know, if, it, if they end up, you know, being in that mid-tier, it's not really an issue for him. And then, honestly, if they drop down to the sixth, they play the opposite of the Rockets, and they play probably the most complete team in the bubble right now, which is also a great rep. I don't think they win either of those series, but just going forward, just the optics of it. First of all, you have a lot of draft picks. Second of all, you have a great team that's been playing at a high level. Of course, led by CB3, but I feel like the way he's kind of constructed you and kind of led this team, it's just going to trickle down. So I don't think they get out the first round necessarily, but either way, this is the perfect scenario. And honestly, it's been, I mean, you want to talk about like a, kind of a rebuild, this is even better than a rebuild because you're still there, even with not the best talent, you know, even with guys like Dennis Schroeder being uh, your possible, like one of your most valuable pieces besides CB3 and, and Giannis Alexander, like you're right there still. They were supposed to be, supposed to be an absolute tank and possibly, you know, fight for a lottery and they're right here. And they didn't do anything spectacular besides just playing great basketball. So you can, you know, retool down the road and, you know, possibly flip some picks and possibly get some guys in here that'll push you up to that third or second seat, possibly. I mean, this is, the sky's the limit for them. And it's really, I think it's better than the rebuild. But um, I guess just touching on what the Jazz brings to the table. So the Jazz kind of like, I don't feel like they're in the opposite kind of scenario than the Thunder because time is of the essence for them, in my opinion. Um, Rudy Gobert is not necessarily the youngest guy. And Donovan Mitchell is probably one of them. He's a couple years Exactly. It's no longer he's that rookie just coming on the scene or uh, first year, second year player coming on the scene. Yes, he I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he I still think he's going to take, you know, levels to his game. I think he's going to end up being uh, if not, if, if he's not already a top five shooting guard, he'll end up being a top five shooting guard and possibly a top three shooting guard. But the thing with them is that their roster is constructed a little bit like they should have probably got there when they got there. So they probably should have made a lot more noise maybe last year or the year before. And it didn't necessarily happen like that. So now they're at this point where, you know, the rumblings of Gobert and him not getting along, they're still there. And, you know, they, they talk about if it's a um an on-court relationship or not, but the Kobe and Shaq thing was an on-court relationship and it didn't really work out. I mean, the guys don't have to like each other on or off the court, but that's just not good for, you know, the team psyche going forward if it's a known issue that's happening. Um, this team, the jazz, like they just, it, it's something about it. It's just like, nah, if right now they're projected to see the nuggets, I think the nuggets obviously take that. Um, and I think going forward, what happens is, I, unless they really switch it up, I don't see them getting out of their first round. I see them kind of as like that four or five, six, maybe even seven, depending on how the Mavs step up, depending on how the Grizzlies step up, Portland's always going to be there they might see themselves falling out of the picture and being kind of like that eighth seed and then really being out every uh, every year in the first round. So uh, I feel like they have to kind of make changes and the comments of the essence for them. But, you know, you made a great point about the disparity. But I don't think either of these teams really get out of the first round right now, but they're just on two different wavelengths, really.
0: That And that's exactly what I wanted to just bring up with, just comparing those two teams. OKC, okay, I feel like they when they traded Russ, that was rock bottom from them but they were they've immediately is, are extending back up to the top because they have, like we said they have draft picks they have young players that you can invest in and everything is looking on the up and up but with the way that the west is constructing itself the Utah Jazz are in a in a bind because they were assuming that this year was a year maybe they could make some noise where okay we're going to trade mm-hmm. for Mike Conley all right obviously they had a uh, boyan before he decided to opt out of the bubble due to injury but and it was like, okay, we have Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, two-time. Donovan Mitchell, third year. That's another big leap for him. He's going to become an all-star. He did. But now you're looking at it, and you said it. You were like, oh, okay, they may drop down to the 6, 7, or 8. I think they may just drop mm-hmm. out of the playoffs.
1: Because
0: I'm looking at it – the way I look at it currently, I think the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Mavs will 100% be in the playoffs next year. The Grizzlies, um, I think – with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming back, we saw what they could do healthy. I think they're in the playoffs.
1: The Warriors are going to be in the they're playoffs healthy. next year. <laughs> the Blazers are going to be in the and playoffs. And it's not year. even talking about teams like so the Suns we're... possibly coming up with Devin, uh, Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Aiden and stuff like that. There's a lot of just players in the West right yeah. now. And
0: then you give you give Zion and that young team another year to actually like, get mm-hmm. into the groove because he came in the middle of the season. They actually start working and he, he's in shape and everything. That's another team that – Spurs the way around. Like... So if you're the – yeah. So if you're the Utah Jazz, it's like, yeah, we, we may be right now in the playoff lock per se, but how long is that going to last? So I think in this – in the bubble and in the playoffs, you're going up, going up against a, a top-tier team, I believe, in the Nuggets that will be on top of the Western Conference for the next three to four years. If you're able to beat them without your third-best player, then you say, okay, let's keep this going. Let's, let's keep going on this track. If not, what is the point of going ahead and being like, okay, uh, Donovan Mitchell is going into his fourth year, his fifth year. we got to start thinking about money, uh, Gobert, obviously, defensive player of the year. Are we resigning Conley? And just trying to patch things up and just for you to be out, like you said, in the first round every single year. So I think those two different teams, OKC is just excited to get an opportunity to potentially advance in the playoffs. And whatever happens, happens because – they were projected to be the worst team this year. The worst, not not the worst team in the West, like the worst team in the NBA. Top three projected. that didn't happen. Yeah. People were saying, oh yeah, Chris Paul's going to want out of that situation because it's so bad. And they're just happy to be there. They beat the Rockets. That's just uh, a cherry on top of the beautiful Sunday that they made um, this year. But the Jazz, you're really going to have to try to lock it down and be like, okay, this is is what we're going to do going forward. Um, Moving on from them, I think, I don't think we have much on the Mavs. I think the Mavs are in the same spot as OKC, mm-hmm. right? Just a, a young team that's um, that's excited to be here. And it took a step from last year to this year. And obviously, we saw Luka against the Bucks last night. He's taking another step in his development and stuff yeah, like that. Um,
1: Every time I, I feel like I get what Luka's game is and get what he can do, he just does something that's ridiculous and it's just like, all right, bro. Like, <laughs> when is it in for him? Um, but this is a guy, I mean, he's been a pro since he was 16, 17 years old. He's won league MVPs. He's won Finals MVPs. You know, they're you know, the overseas version of the Finals, whatever league that he played in. But he, he's been the constant professional since, since he was in high school, really. So I mean, it, it's like almost like I should expect this from him. But the gaudy numbers is just ridiculous, bro. Like thirty, twenty, ten. He almost did it again last night. Um, and just like just the style of play and things like that. I definitely think going forward, they're they're a possible team that could possibly land a another superstar and just be right up there in the, in the one, two, three seat maybe in the next two years
0: yeah i totally agree and again i would just like to apologize for my Luka take <laughs> i've been scarred personally by foreign foreign players coming to your favorite yeah. team and coming in with a lot of hype and it didn't work out for me and i took that out on Luca. just again like to apologize he's amazing what a great pick oh I, this this has nothing to do with the playoffs but a pet peeve of mine are the people that keep bringing up the Luca trey young deal yeah Luca is better than trey young But Trey Young himself is also a superstar. Let's not let's not get it mixed up. Like, yeah, it's kind of dumb that the Hawks did trade for Trey Young when they had like Luca in their lap. But who? uh, But who cares? Trey Young is perfect for them. Like, Like, it's just the situation at hand. He fits. He fits Atlanta. Yeah, Luca would have been good on Atlanta. But I don't know if Luca Luca would be able to make the playoffs at this point. What Atlanta had going into last season with John Collins being suspended before they got Capella uh before these guys are starting to um before Herder was able to start playing mm-hmm. a little bit better. So yeah, Trey Young, the, that Atlanta Hawks team, they struggled this year. They'll be a little bit better next year, but it's not the worst deal of all time by any means. So I'm just tired of seeing all the comparisons of oh wow, the, the Hawks traded for the Hawks traded for Trey Young. Yeah, and he was an all star this year, an all star starter and he averaged thirty. Yeah. So it's not like he's it's not like he's a bum it definitely yeah it definitely 100%. worked out
1: for both sides. I mean even you know you can take the hindsight, it's twenty twenty route. But would either of them be better in the other well, situation? If dog, if Luca's not there, does Porzingis even get? You know, does he even get to the Mavericks? Like, it's one of those things where, like, who knows? One of those things. Where, like, it was the perfect fit for both of them, and I'm just glad it worked out because we got two young superstars that are going to be on, on possible playoff teams going forward. And it's just good to see because a lot of those top playoff, uh, excuse me, those top draft picks will easily be bust. So it's good that these guys are, like, you know, they're already superstars. They're already all-stars. And they're probably going to be all-NBA players, like, within the next year or so.
0: Yep. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, rounding up our Western Conference, um, I just wanted, obviously, the last four teams that are vying mm-hmm. for that eighth seed, the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Suns, and the Spurs. I'm going to be honest. Um, as much as the Spurs are there by one game, I'm just not talking about the Spurs. Unless they make the playoffs. I'm just not going to talk about the Spurs. So, um, shout out to Pop. Shout out to the Spurs. They're just always in it. Even when you count them out, they're always in it. The Pelicans and the Kings eliminated themselves today. Um, Memphis was able to get a victory, but I don't know if they'll they'll be able to win out. And if Portland is able to win another game and Memphis loses another game, they will both be tied -hmm. with the same record. And on top of that, I think Portland may have the tiebreaker, so any other win, Portland gets over them. When Portland gets, we'll put them in that eight seed, meaning that the Grizzlies have to beat uh, the Trailblazers twice. Shout out to the Phoenix Suns. They made us talk about them on the last podcast, and they're making us talk <laughs> about them again. 5-0. and oh. They beat the Heat. They beat the pace. 5-0. and oh. We can't, can't say anything about it. Unfortunately, I think there are too many scenarios that have to happen for them, I think, to, to get that eight seed because, uh, first of all, you have to have the Grizzlies lose out. And then they Phoenix has to win out and then Portland has to win out or get that eight seed. And then the Phoenix Suns are going to have to beat the Blazers twice. So it just like, it's a great, and this is like great for your future. And this is something for social media wise and just going into Mm -hmm. next season, especially since it's starting up in two months from when the season ends, you're just like, okay, I'm excited to be a Phoenix Suns fan, but the scenarios right now are just too much for you to go ahead. And I think get that eight seed. but who knows, they've already proven us wrong. Uh, this far, Micah, are we still are we still sticking with Blazers now at the eighth seed, and we can say Lakers Blazers for sure. Yeah, round?
1: I think the Blazers have this in the bag. Um, especially with they woke up the beast and Dame. Um, at this point, I mean mm-hmm. it's and you know I, I picked them coming in like they get that eighth seed anyway, just because Game is yep. one of those prideful guys where like, especially if he's been there before and he's sent guys home and he's been the guy in that you know those low seeds who can play spoiler. Dan Willer is going to get into the playoffs one way or another. But now that you woke him up, and now he might be liable for fifty points a night. They're getting that C, whatever. Like they, especially how the Blazers have been playing, and how they could potentially play. They have the perfect, you know, team to. Well, I think they have the perfect team to be anybody that's buying for that AFC. But they also have the perfect team for you know. I don't necessarily think they'll beat the Lakers, but they could take them to seven, and that's I mean
0: Like you could you could you could say, you could say they're gonna get the Lakers. They're gonna, in that bro, especially
1: because the Lakers have zero perimeter defense, like I don't think they have any, and they're not hitting their shots. If you let Dame go for fifty, and let's say Nurkic decides he wants to be better than A D that night, you're gonna lose. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like the Lakers going to have to be on their A game. To beat the Blazers, and I don't think that's out of this, you know, realm of imagination to say like it's very real, and I think it's a fact. But once again, it's just like I mean, the Blazers. You don't,
0: you don't count on LeBron. That, that that's, yeah, that's what you, you can't count
1: on LeBron James because that is he's my favorite. You know, he's my greatest player of all time. Um, I, you know how that goes. Like I just can't count on Bron. It's like same way I could never count on Tom Brady. Um, you know, when he was on his runs, it's like, man, you can't count out touchdown time. I'm not counting out the, uh, LeBron James, the king. But the Blazers will take them to seven, and that's just say that is what it is. Uh, the mellow curse hasn't hit yet, though. It's coming. I'm not going to lie to you, Mike. It's coming. That mellow curse, when it hits. I mean, but
0: his, stat, his stats were tonight 20 points. I know, six bro. 6 for 13. 2 for 4 from 3. 6 for 6 from the
1: 3 throw. I know, bro. 7 rebounds. I, a plus 14. I know, bro. I know. I get it. I see it. I just it's something about Melo and I love him. He's a Hall of Famer, bro, but it's something about I'm waiting on it. It's not even factual based at this point. It's just it's just faith. It's just like Melo's gonna find a way, bro. But shout out to the Blazers, they got this in the bag. Um I mean the Suns are only one realistically, only ones realistically that I can see that possibly give them like an actual bump, you know. You know, give them like an actual Mm -hmm. like but even then the, the Suns aren't necessarily there yet. Maybe if we're talking about two years down the road and everybody on the Suns is playing for their max potential, yeah. But I think this is Blazers all the way as far as the teams that are going to get to that seat.
0: I I truly – again, I'm just going on another tangent, but I'm just looking at it. I truly feel bad for teams like Sacramento and Minnesota. And it's like you have young talent. Like Sacra, uh, Sacramento, uh, you have uh, – loaded, low-key. You have like, – you have uh, Bagley, like you have, like you have a bunch of guys that you're like, okay, we have something that we're boating. but the West is so damn deep that there's no way that you can even think about cracking into the playoffs. The Timberwolves just got D-low, and I'm, I'm, nobody's tagging for the Timberwolves next year, and it's just like, dang, it really sucks. Like, there, I'm looking at it now, next season, there are probably 13 to 14 teams that are going into the season saying. Yeah, we we're gonna make the playoffs. Like, there there's a real thing where it could be like, yeah, why wouldn't we make? Exactly. The and you can't say the same thing in the East. And obviously, I, that goes back to our conversation. Should be one through sixteen best records. Blah blah blah. We've talked about it over and over again. But it's just like, damn. If you're a Sacramento Kings fan or Timberwolves fan, what do you have to look forward to? What like <laughs> going into the season? Just like, yeah, man, it's it's not gonna happen.
1: What's anymore. crazy, oh, but. No, 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 go no, ahead. just crazy. Ahead. You mentioned that how like in the East it's not necessarily the same thing. Literally, from the night from the Wizards down, the ninth seed down, they would all be in the 14th through like whatever seeds you want, they would be the bottom feeders. They wouldn't make it in. Like it's yeah. one of those things where like they literally would not make it in. So all the teams from nine to fifteen in, in the East would just not be playoff teams. And that's just I mean, the West is just like ridiculous. I mean you might end up in a scenario where the Timberwolves, bro, they might end up winning 30 games and still be the last seed in the West. And I don't, I mean, no, I don't math- mathematically know how that works, but they might win like how it is right now. They won 19 games. I could see them getting 10 more wins and being at 30 wins, and they still are like at the 14th seed next year in the West. So it's just, it's yeah, ridiculous. The West is going to feed
0: on the East. They're, they're, like those Western Conference teams are just going to feed on the East. So the only losses that they truly get are going to be the in-conference mm-hmm. losses and in-division losses. But whenever they go out to face an Easter team, that is two easy wins for them. And like you said, that that is definitely something that I think is, is a possibility um, in uh, it, for next season in the NBA. Um, moving on, again, sorry Spurs, just <laughs> don't have the energy to talk about too. This week in the bubble, Easter Conference is set. It's been set from last week. The Bucks lost to the Mavs. It was more of the same when you have somebody that's like Giannis, who is a Shaq light uh, where he's not the build, but the way that he plays and his style, it's to the basket. When you get in close situations and you're going to get another superstar, like Luca, you see what happens. They just weren't able to get it done. He was able to find a bunch of guys, Dante DiVincenzo, not able to hit. He found Chris Middleton, not Mm -hmm. able to hit. So if those guys aren't going to hit, they're not going to win the games. And that's, that's their biggest question going into um, the playoffs. So, the Bucks are literally the same as last week. It's the same as the Rockets game from last week they had with the Mavs. Um, the Raptors kind of fell back to earth, getting blown out by the Celtics. The Celtics are looking up, uh, beat the Magic, beat the Raptors back-to-back days. But the real conversation that we want to have about the Easter Conference this week, Miami Heat, Indiana mm-hmm. Pacers. Before everything suspended, Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren got into it. Jimmy Butler said, Warren is not even in my league. That may be regular season, regular NBA Warren. But Bubble Warren is, is not only, yeah, he's not in your league. He's better than yes. <laughs> like, He's played better in the bubble than Jimmy Butler, averaging 36, 37 points uh, a night. And this uh, we're, now we're at a point where it's it's not a big sample size, but in the bubble, it's a big sample size. It's most of their games. We get the Miami Heat and the Indiana Pacers. Micah, my question to you is. How many how many points are we getting from T.J. Warren tomorrow? And is Jimmy Butler going to be the first guy to really shut him down and be like, all right, you had your fun. But like I said, you're not in my league.
1: What's crazy is, and I would have not said this maybe a week ago, well, before I realized T.J. Warren might be the greatest bubble player of all time. But, <laughs> you know, he might technically shut down T.J. Warren, but it also might be like T.J. Warren still scores 25 points and he's being Playing above any level T.J. Warren has ever played, but what might happen is the Pacers still might win, and I would honestly take them in the ma- in the game tomorrow because it's not just T.J. Warren, and we saw that with the last game they played. They still had guys like Oladipo step up. Malcolm Brogdon is still good for twenty points a game. Man, the Pacers are like—I don't know how they keep reinventing themselves like on the fly, but they they do it and. I don't necessarily say you know they're one of those teams that want to make noise down the you know down the line, but they could beat a team like Miami and they might beat a team like Miami in the playoffs. And right now, the four and in the first round, yeah, and that's pretty scary for uh, well, it's not scary for the Bucks because I mean the Bucks want the to Bucks see the want to see the Pacers, but for the Heat's chance, and I feel like that he have a great chance to get to the conference finals if they just win their first round. It might not happen because you might have to contend them with three guys scoring over 20 points and one guy scoring 35 points. And it might be Victor Olipo or it might be Bubble Warren. Who knows? Um, Jimmy Butler, like I said, he might be able to hold him down to 25 points. And it might be one of those things where like, oh, he technically gave him a the worse game. But, dog, I mean, the Pacers, I mean, and yes, the Heat are a great team, but the way the Pacers are playing right now, I would take them. I'm going to take them tomorrow. Um and then going forward, just something to look at between those four and five seeds. But uh, I'm I'm tuned into this game. It's going to be a great it's going to be a great four hours <laughs> of the basketball between them and then the Lakers game. I am
0: tuned into that game. I can't wait. I think Warren is going to go off. I I, I think he's I think he's I don't think he's going to get like the forty, but I think he'll be any I don't think he'll be anywhere from twenty eight to thirty two points. He's um, I like the Pacers. Yeah, I like the Pacers in that game. I, I think the Pacers. I don't know how they do it. That's just, um, a great job by uh, Nate mm-hmm. McMillan. We don't, I don't think we give him enough love in the NBA. This is just a team that's just treading and just ready to go. Um, they're going to get it done in the playoffs. We'll see what happens there. But for everything just leading up to it and just the how – what are the possibilities that we got those two to get in the beef? And then Warren is the guy that's going to go off in the bubble. And then for who's going to get the four or five seed, Like, even though it doesn't really matter here, but, like, four or five seed is on the line, and Warren has been going off, and Jimmy Butler has Miami, who technically is supposed to be the better team. It just makes for a beautiful um, storyline. The 76ers, (laughs) I canceled them last week, or last uh, pod. I said I'm done with them. I said either choose Embiid or Simmons. Well, you might have... (laughs) You're going to have neither. So Simmons is uh, probably done for the playoffs. His knee... He has to get his knee scoped or whatever. And then Joel Embiid only plays six minutes tonight due to an ankle injury. And the Sixers are back to where now Tobias Harris and Al Horford are their best players uh, and Josh Richardson. So the Celtics basically have a cakewalk in the mm-hmm. first round. Uh, it, it, it's just that. If Embiid comes back, okay, sure. But like I said, I'm done with the Sixers. They're not beating the Celtics, especially the way the Celtics are looking with Gordon. Actually, we're not, I'm not spending any time with the Sixers. The Sixers are done. I want to go back to the Celtics real quick. Gordon Hayward had a 31-piece uh, today in his game. If Gordon Hayward gets back to, like, let's say 85% of Utah Hayward, mm. that two to three matchup with Raptors, and we, we've seen how good the Raptors are, but the Celtics did, like, they didn't beat them. They spanked the Raptors um, two nights ago. If you get that type of Gordon Hayward, and we know what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can do, are the Celtics, like, a team where you're just like, oh, this is scary? Not not just only for the East, but in, like, the NBA Finals. Because I think the Celtics, those top three teams, if any one of them can get into it. I don't really think the Celtics will. But if they get into it, I wouldn't be shocked or by any means. But I'm talking about past the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. Could they see a team like that winning the
1: NBA championship? What's crazy is they've always – I feel like I've always mentioned them as a team that – might just make it out of the East because of what they could do in the playoffs. And a lot of that was dependent on what Gordon Hayward you were getting. I limited him. I said, if he can get to 18 points per game, that's really scary because you're going to have guaranteed two 20 point scores out of uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But Jason Tatum, he's been more so like, hey, I'm good for 25 a night. And Jalen Brown has been, all right, I'm good for a solid 20, but I'm also going to be able to really just be that energy guy. I mean, he had 19 and 12. Why is Jalen Brown getting 12 rebounds? Because he wants that. He might get two steals. Yep. And you saw you're forgetting Marcus Smart. And he will lock up he lock up. And your you're system forgetting system. Marcus Smart he's out there as probably the best perimeter defender because uh Avery Bradley is not in the bubble. So now you're looking at a situation where, yes, they don't have a, a big and I still think that's their biggest issue, that they don't have anybody in the interior. But I mean for the two three matchup against the um against the Raptors, I think that's absolutely something they can win right now, literally, because Gordon Hayward if he's good for if he's good for eighteen, that's beautiful. If he's good for twenty, that's even better. I saw Jason Tatum hit a clutch shot to you know send the team home today. That's great for his development because I know he can do that. and I know he could do it before, but it was one of those situations last year where you know it might have been the Kyrie thing as well, but it was a little missing. And now he's getting those reps again, being that guy. This is, once again, a team that I loved coming into, you know, not just the bubble, but the season as one of those teams where it's like, season, yeah. it's just like, all right, well, if they could put it all together with Brad Stevens at the helm, the sky's the limit for them. And I I feel like they're kind of returning to form. I want to see them be a little more consistent over the next two games. But I definitely think it's something that they could do in coming in. I feel like, you know, if they, if they end this thing going 6-2, and two, this little seeding uh, games, they're in a great position to just – Really, just keep it going. um I can see them in the conference finals, and I don't think that's a stretch as much as I love the Toronto Raptors, they can easily play spoiler to them, so it's just one of those things where I'm happy to see it formulating and happy to see it how I wanted it to because they've always been a team to me that could just get it done, especially in Crunch time.
0: yeah, I agree with you there um I don't know maybe maybe because we're not in the NBA we don't really understand the like the nuance mm-hmm. of it. I think like a lot of the top teams are taking. The first eight games for granted like i think the bucks the lakers and the clippers all are taking those first eight games for granted because they had everything locked down so easy and they were already the preemptive fa- favorites maybe they are able to turn it up another notch in the playoffs but the teams that are like secondary behind them the rockets the raptors the celtics um the nuggets like all those teams it just felt like from the minute they got into the bubble it was like how can we get better how can we how can we beat these top teams and We've seen the results of that, where you see the Bucks lose to a Rockets team. You see the Lakers uh, struggle in, in the bubble and lose three games in a row. And it's just like, what exactly is the difference there? And maybe because they're so good, they know how to turn it on. But a team like the Celtics, like you said, if they go six and two in the bubble, you're feeling yourself. You already were like, oh, we almost beat LeBron James in my rookie season. I'm not worried about Giannis in my third mm-hmm. year. If you're Jason Tatum, that's just the mindset that you have. So... If you get that, it's just like, yeah, the Celtics with confidence. And I think, like you said, Kyrie deflated all of their confidence last year. It was just a mess. They weren't able to get it going. That's uh, Bucks series after they won game one. They just basically just did not put up a fight the rest of the way through. And obviously with losing Kyrie and gaining Kemba, it works better. But like you said, if you get a consistent 18 from Gordon Hayward, I don't really think there's a team right now in the NBA that's beating you. Because like you said, 25 from Tatum. 20 from Brown, 18 from Hayward. You have Marcus Smart. Uh, You have Marcus Smart as one of the best perimeter defenders. There's not much you can do unless you're bullying uh, down low. But that's going to do it for just what we've seen in the past couple of days with those teams. And we'll get our official playoff preview at the end of next week once bubble games are over. But what we do usually to end off each episode, we got games tomorrow, so we're going to predict them. So, Game one, we have a, a couple of good good games. We have OKC versus the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns trying to go six and zero, keep their playoffs hopes alive.
1: Michael, did they go six? I think they go six and zero. Momentum is a, it's a hell of a drug, bro. As great as CP three is, and that he's really been you know like puppet mastering, like controlling these games. I feel like Devin Booker just has one of those games where it's just like he's not being denied and he's on a mission. So I would have to go Suns.
0: Yeah, and with OKC coming off a back-to-back, and granted, mm-hmm. they crushed the Wizards, but they still had to play uh, minutes and going up against a team with the Suns that are so hungry and looking to win. And the way Booker and Aiton are playing together, give me the Suns. Oh, up next we have Dallas at Utah, or Dallas versus Utah because there's no really mm-hmm. at anymore, but da- Dallas versus Utah. Um, man, uh, ooh, this
1: is, I'm, it's yeah, a it's,
0: good, it's a good, good, it's a good
1: matchup game. for a game that's coming on at three p.m. But uh, I'm taking the Mavs. Uh it's not more so just a Luka thing. It's the fact that the Jazz, I feel like they're not going to be able to, when it comes time for them to like put their foot down and really score a lot of points and, you know, like put up a shut up, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. And I think the Maverick is just going to be able to put the, uh, you know, put the ball in the hoop more. Uh, it, it's pretty simple. I think it will be a high scoring kind of game. Um, but I had to take the Mavs on this one.
0: As good as Rudy Gobert is, is as a defender, I think he's still overrated because of what, porzingis is going to be able to do mm. to him tomorrow when porzingis who's able to stretch the floor brings rudy out outside of the paint he's not that good of a defender he doesn't have fast enough feet to move with a guy like porzingis and i think because of that that's going to give uh the mavs the edge um potentially the easter conference finals which is the third game of the night we haven't even gotten to the games where we're really wanting to watch but the toronto raptors versus the milwaukee bucks who do you got
1: Ooh, man. Uh, I've been waiting for this. I feel like we've had this circle since, like, maybe two pods ago. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's exactly what we want to see, especially coming to the last stretch of the bubble games. But, um, man, this is hard. Uh, as much, honestly, as I want to go with the Raptors, I think the Bucks win. But it's not indicative of what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, It'll be one of those one-off games. And it'll be a good look for both teams going into it. And I think having this, especially if I'm a guy like Nick Nurse, Maybe I, I want to just, you know, maybe losing isn't necessarily such a bad thing because I want to see what happens when I throw different defenses at Giannis. I want to see how the game plan form and stuff like this. A lot of, you know, you're only as good as, like, really, you know, what you're putting out there and stuff like that. So maybe the Raptors lose, but it's not going to be indicative of the playoffs. But I'll take the Bucs tomorrow.
0: I, I think the Bucks. I think the Raptors are going to take this game a lot more seriously than the Bucs mm-hmm. are. And I, I don't know. I think the Bucs have just kind of been just trying to get through the eight games without injuries after coming off a 22 point loss against the Celtics. I think the Raptors just have much more juice and just think this is more of a statement game. So give me the Raptors to win, um, against the Bucks, uh, Indiana and Miami. Obviously we talked about this before, but Jimmy Butler versus TJ Warren. Who, who do you have
1: in this match? Taking the paces, man. Um, Jimmy's going to, you know, he's probably going to hold his word. He's going to try his best to stop TJ Warren, but, uh, it's not just TJ Warren with the Pacers, and I think I think we're finally actually going to see one of those games where Depot finally looks back into his form, and you're going to see Brogdon do what he does all the time. So give me the Pacers. This is a game here. I'm
0: going with the Pacers too. But as much as uh, I'm looking at Jimmy and TJ, I'm also looking at Bam and mm-hmm. Turner. I want to see like their styles aren't aren't necessarily the same, but they also like at the same time mirror each other in the way that they affect the team. Where they can hit shots for you if they need to, but they're really defensive guys, and they're the reason why a lot of these games are low-scoring. Low so I'm expecting a slugfest between oh, yeah. these teams. Like, you get, like, oh, oh, if you get to 100 points, like, yeah, you, you scored a lot. Like, almost like a 97-102 type mm-hmm. of game. One of those, obviously not like the 90s type of slugfest, but in the modern-day NBA, that type of low-scoring um, matchup between those two. And then to end off the night after we already got an Eastern Conference preview, and then we got Jimmy versus Warren. Let's give ourselves maybe a Western Conference preview with the Nuggets and the Lakers. The Lakers need to get right in this game. Michael. who do you got? Uh,
1: oh, man. I hope the Lakers get right because I'm picking them. Um, I just, man, I keep picking the Lakers because at least, I mean, dude, one time you have to put it together. What better way to do it against the Nuggets? I'm going to keep saying the same rhetoric. What better time to do it? But against- <laughs> we said the same thing last week. What better way- <laughs> What better time to do it than right now? Um, If the Nuggets win this game, though, uh, he, mm, it's going to be interesting going into the playoffs. But uh, give me the Lakers tomorrow. So, we I feel like Michael Porter
0: Jr., he's been talked about. But it's kind of under the radar. It's like, oh, what is he doing here? 30, 30 points here, 20 points here, blah, blah, blah. I think this is the game. Whenever you go against LeBron, there's just a certain show time. There's a certain, yeah, certain showtime that comes with it. You're going to get the bleacher reports. You're going to get the sports centers. You're going to get all those people look, looking straight at you. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to go for 30 points in this game, going to go off, and the Nuggets are going to win. And then Skip Bayless is going to go on undisputed on Tuesday and tell Shannon Sharp that the Lakers will not advance the first oh, round wow. because he started, he started bringing it up like, oh yeah, the Blazers look really nice. But if they lose again to the Denver Nuggets with, I would assume everybody playing skip base is going to be like, you know what? The Lakers aren't getting past the first round. And if they do get past the first round then they're not getting past the second round, and I think that's, what's going to be interesting going into the bubble. Maybe that's the narrative Brown wants to give. Nobody believes in us. Everybody thinks we're going to lose. And maybe that's the motivating factor. With NBA players, you never know what's going to be the thing that gets them motivated, and with no fans. Because Bron did say it yesterday. He's like, I haven't played in front of fans since I was in middle school. Like, his games in high school were naturally Mm -hmm. televised games. So he hasn't played against, like, with no fans since middle school. So he said it's very strange, very different for him. And maybe that's an adjustment period. Maybe Bron does get up by having such a big atmosphere. I mean, we did see game six Bron versus the Celtics, and – They were hostile against him, but he showed the Celtics who the king is and who's who's the best player in the world at that moment. So it's going to be interesting to see another great week of basketball ahead. We'll be back, I believe, again Wednesday night, Micah, do a little midweek review. And then next week, Sunday, because playing games will be over, we're going to give you our playoff um, predictions for the first round, and we'll go on from there. But for Mike and for Micah, we'll see you next time inside the bubble. Peace.